Welcome to Tablets Parsha in Progress, where we talk about the Torah portion of the week and why it matters. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year, 18 Holidays, One Wandering Jew. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, head of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we're talking Torah together, not just because the Hebrew Bible is so challenging and relevant today, but because we've found that this ancient text comes to life in conversation, especially between two people who practice Judaism very differently. So this week, Dove, we're starting the book of Exodus. This is one of the the more well-known, I would say, of the five books. And we're talking about what makes great leadership? And why was Moses, of all people, tapped to free the Israelites? What's the name of this Parsha? Shemot, which means names, because it's the names of the children of Jacob that come down to Egypt, and eventually the names of the 12 tribes. And we're going to zero in on the three times that Moses intervenes to right a wrong. There are just three, which is kind of mind-boggling to me that that this was the job requirement, just three good deeds and you get to save the Jews. <laughs> so take it away, Dove. Tell us about the, 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 uh, the basically the CV, Moses' CV. <laughs> exactly. The, this is the story presented right before God appears to him in the burning bush. So it's reasonable to think that the Torah is telling us that this is why he was chosen. All three things happen before the burning All bush? All three, and okay. in quick succession. So we're going to be reading from Exodus 2, 11 to 17. So here we go. And it came to pass in those days, when Moses was grown, so this is his first act of adulthood, that he went out to his brothers and looked on their burdens. And he spied an an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brothers. And he looked this way and that way, and saw that there was no man. He slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he sees that there's no man, it means like no one was watching. Exactly. He could do it and get away with it. So that's the first intervention. Now, number two. And when he went out on the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews were struggling together. Two Jews. Two Jews. Are fighting. And, yes. And he said to the one who, was, who did the wrong, why are you striking your fellow? And he said, who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, certainly this thing is known. So right away we know that these two, these two Hebrews who are fighting, they know that he killed somebody yesterday yeah, or whatever The word got out. Okay. And here he is, inter- this is intervention number two, trying to protect the innocent who's being struck. But by this is Jew against Jew. Jew against Jew. Okay. And when Pharaoh heard this matter, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And now and we're going to get to the third intervention. Correct. And number three. And the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And actually, the Hebrew word for help them, vayoshiam, is almost redeem them. So I think signaling the future redeemer. Now, who are these bad shepherds that are coming to drive away uh, the priest of Midian's daughters? We have no idea. We don't hear from them before or after. I thought shepherds were like kind and (laughs) gentle. (laughs) (laughs) What can I tell you? They wanted the water for themselves. Okay. So what you have here, right, is a progression from helping your own against an outside oppressor to intervene. That's number one. And then that moves to intervening between two of your own people to defend the innocent. And finally, stage number three is to defend those to whom you have no connection. 
So the message to me is, what the Torah is telling us, is that in order to be the savior and leader of your people, your first connection has to be to them. He went out to his brothers. He protects them, and he fights their battles. But th- if that's all there is, then that, what makes that more than self-interest or tribalism? So the next message is that you have to be a person of principle. You have to stand for justice. You have to protect the innocent, whether that's to between two of your own people or whether it's people to whom you have no connection. It's like that line, you know, of Hillel the Sage who said, if, um, if I'm not from myself. Right, there you go. <laughs> if I'm not for myself, who is for me? But if I'm only for myself, what am I? So it starts with your own, but it has to be more than that. I like that idea of going from the particular to the universal. But but as for Moses showing courage in all three of those examples, I'm struck by the fact that he didn't seem entirely bold. In the first intervention, when he kills the Egyptian who's beating the Hebrew slave, the Torah says that Moses looks this way and that before he acts, as if to make sure he won't get caught before he saves the slave. And in the second instance, he runs away after he breaks up the fight. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think that maybe courageous leaders lack courage at first, that the most effective saviors are ones who hesitate or worry that they're not up to the task. And maybe we can see ourselves in Moses, because who among us hasn't sometimes glanced over our shoulders before doing the act that we feel is just, if only to make sure we don't get in trouble or ruffle someone's feathers? Are you agreeing with me? Well, I'm thinking about it because I don't think I fully agree. Um, I think there are two things going on here, right? One is distinguishing between bravery and stupidity or foolhardiness. Like, who who are you going to help if you get yourself killed in the process? So I think looking this way and that might be the right cautious move to make. I think what you're talking about is the sort of hesitating to take on leadership. That's what happens at the burning bush when God tries to send Moses and Moses said, who am I, anybody but me? And there I agree with you, you know, if a, if a leader is too, somebody's too eager to be a leader, you, you have to wonder, like, what else is going on? Ego, power. So, to, so that, that's, I think, the story of reluctant leadership. I, I wouldn't say that here. Can I ask, do you think that the three times that he intervenes are just him, re, him responding on impulse? It's an instinctual kind of um, response he has to someone in trouble. Or do you think he's thinking about those categories of yours of these are my people I'm going to help, the, this is the stranger mm. I'm going to help? Like, are, are we seeing someone who ultimately just has a kind of altruistic... I think so. I mean, my read of the three stories together is when Moses sees injustice, he cannot tolerate it. He has to stand up and defend the person who is being oppressed. But... I think he feels a deep and a prior connection to his people. He leaves the comfort of Pharaoh's palace to go to see his brothers, to see their travails. And so I think that that's the deeper connection. I think it was important that that story comes first. And in a way, what you're saying is he's both pulled to act in the face of injustice, but he also is really hesitant to be the leader that is going to correct the wrong. Correct. That's going to right the wrong. And that reminds me of the Purim story because Mm -hmm. Mordechai um, in, you know, this is the book of Esther, says to his cousin something to the effect of when she says, I am not going to be able to save the the Jewish people from this edict of extermination Mm -hmm. um, from the the horrible um, Haman. 
Is it Haman or Haman? <laughs> boo, you're supposed to boo. Where's boo, our right, right, right. But, but Mordechai says, maybe you were put on earth for exactly this moment. In other words, maybe you don't want this job. You don't feel like you're up, up to this job. But maybe that's why you were put on earth, was exactly for this challenge at this moment, whether it's comfortable for you or not. Right. I think we want the people of principle who have to be pushed to take the position, not the people that are overeager to take the position. And, you know, it's also from another line in Chapters of Our Father is where there is no man, strive to be that man. And that actually is a play on this story because it's a way of reading it. Moses looked here and there and saw there was no man. Not there was no Egyptian that was going to look and he was going to get in trouble. But he saw nobody else was stepping up. So he realized he had to step up. Um, so that is, I think, like, like a leader. not you who... Exactly, exactly. So um, let's wind this up by focusing on that one line in the third of the three examples you gave of Moses' leadership, Exodus 2.17, because it strikes me, it's such a simple line, when Moses helps the daughters that are being driven away by these bad shepherds that we can't explain, it says Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. It's such a simple line, but it speaks volumes to me about the kind of leader we hold up as our best, that Moses didn't just rescue, he watered. He, he, he went beyond what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And it tells me that we sometimes have to go beyond that, that big grand gesture to make sure we do the small one. You know, sometimes we swoop in to help, such as, you know, we sent money after the California fires recently, but we don't circle back six months later to see how they're doing. Right. So I would agree that I think an important message is the follow through and the strategy. Like we could ask ourselves, does smiting the Egyptian and killing an Egyptian, is that going to solve any problem? Like you're not dealing with the systemic problems of slavery. So we have to think about what's the next step. But I actually read something different in that story. And I'm, maybe I'm pushed that way because in that line, and maybe I'm pushed that way because of the Midrash. It's not just about leaders having to do the next step, but about leaders not just being about causes, but being about people and caring about the people. So, like, there's a famous Midrash, and it basically—here it is, from Shemot Rabbah. Moses was shepherding his father-in-law's sheep one day when one of them bolted. Bolted like ran. Ran away. Moses followed the runaway animal until it reached a body of water where it stooped for a drink. Stopped Stopped for a drink. (laughs) He could have stooped and stopped. (laughs) Well, this is a translation from the Hebrew. Um, Moses compassionately said to the sheep, If only I had known that you had thirsted for water, you must be exhausted from running. Saying this, he scooped up the animal, placed it on his shoulders, and headed back to his flock. God said, If this is how he cares for the sheep of man, he is definitely fit to shepherd my flock. And to me, this is so powerful because I find sometimes there are people that fight for causes and they're, you know, ideologues and they're people of principle, but they have a real challenge connecting and caring for individual human beings. So to me, the message is it starts with people and it ends with people. It starts with connecting to his brothers and that deep personal connection. You have the man of principle in the middle. But this story about watering the flocks is also the person who cares for every individual, even for the sheep of every individual. I love that. You're, you're ending on a positive note for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dove. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, Abby. We hope you'll join us next time for Parsha in Progress. I'm Abby Pogrevin. And I'm Dove Linzer. Nice to talk to you, Dove. Nice talking, Abby. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Rabbi Dove Linzer and Abigail Pogrebin. It's produced by Shira Talishkin and edited by Sophia Steiner Evoy. The show is executive produced by Josh Cross, Jacob Siegel, and Tablet Magazine. <laughs>